At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, <laughs> who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota. Focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hello, everybody. This is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And I'm in the coolest place ever at Four Post in the Mall of America. And you maybe heard about Four Post over the holidays. They are a very cool store that is on level two. And what they do is they are a collaboration of retailers that have gotten together of brands. There are 22 local brands. There are a few other national brands sprinkled in. But generally, the idea is is that what's cool for one brand is even cooler if you can maximize it and put everybody together and then schedule events around it and really build off that synergy that makers can have together. Um, I'm here today with Golnez Yamampur, and she is uh, the person that does the partnerships and events for Four Post. Hello, Golnez. Hi, Stephanie. Now, people might know you. Is it okay if I say your other life? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, Golnez and I are friends, and uh, she is Eat, Drink, Dish, yes. and really a savant of all things social media. I've learned so much from you, Golnez. Thank you. How is it uh, being in the retail setting instead of kind of the food setting, which is where we originally met? Yeah, retail is definitely different. Um, I'm more in the food world, which is a little bit more lax. Um, I think doing events here has been a challenge just because I love food and bringing food into a retail store is definitely different than coming to a brewery or somewhere else where we just kind of get the partners going and things kind of happen. Whereas here you just deal with the city, the mall, a lot more red tape when it comes to that. There is a really cool um, environment I was learning today as I was walking through the mall. I didn't realize, I mean, it makes sense that social media and social influence is huge for the Mall of America. Mm-hmm. But the whole like way you market brands has changed a lot, I think, particularly because you have these people that are in, uh, have influence right. in different communities. So you have like a national style influencer, perhaps, but you also have a lot of local influencers and they're, in, they're influencing the purchasing of local products local events how do you tie into a local influencer market to like put together uh events for four post so we've worked with a few um local influencers so far and we choose anywhere from food to um, lifestyle to fashion everything like that um and we come up with different ideas we had one influencer come in and just do um kind of like a shopping spree to come and talk about different brands and her stories yeah. um, purchase some things that she loves and then talk about it so make it very authentic uh, another event that we uh, have coming up, which um, hopefully it hasn't been advertised yet, but we are planning it. It's a Valentine's Day event. Dun, so dun, dun. Yeah. Breaking news. <laughs> so we're having a local influencer, uh, So Happy You Liked It, who is a food blogger. She's going to pr- provide her recipes 
to um, Crave Catering, and we're going to do Neat. kind of like this sip and shop kind of deal yeah. with Her Spirit Vodka as well, which is awesome. I love Her Spirit Vodka. Yeah. They've been a guest on the podcast. Yes. They donate 50% of their profits to women-owned entrepreneurial businesses. Exactly. And actually, about 77% of our um, brands here are owned by women, too. Oh, that's so So great. we have this lot of like female entrepreneurship love here as well, so it kind of ties in really well. Yeah. I love being live on location in an actual place where makers are because you get so much energy from being around other makers. Do you find that that's part of the neat experience that happens at Four Post? I think so. Uh, that's one of the reasons I love this job is that I get to work with entrepreneurs and people that are making cool things and creating cool yeah. things because they know their stuff and it's really easy to work with them. Um, and you can really make magic happen by collaborating, cross-promoting. Everyone's kind of in it for the same goal. So some of the, like, just high points of Four Post, uh, it's a retail concept that happens at the Mall of America. It was started by the Gramazian family, which has uh, the mall here. They have a mall in Alberta. And then one other location somewhere, isn't there? It was Edmonton. Edmonton, yes. thank you. Um, so they're really seasoned retail entrepreneurs, and they saw the local brand stories occurring. They saw makers getting together and they decided to kind of turn the traditional uh, department store model on its head and invite local emerging brands uh, to come in and to leverage together that experience of how to build a brand, how to work with brands, how to support other brands and create a brand community. Um, one of the things that I think is so cool about Four Post is when you come in, there's like brand ambassadors that are representing each of the stalls, but there's a shared workforce too. And, you know, for some of these brands, like they're so busy making their stuff during the day, they don't have time to uh, staff a full service store. How does that work? So we do have shared staffing, and I know um, the other Celestine and Jordan probably talk about that as well. Yeah, that's our makers that we're going to be talking to yes. in a little bit. Um, so we do have shared staffing. We also have our own staffing as well. So we kind of help them when there's need. Yeah. So we have floaters that float around. Otherwise, if the owner or the entrepreneur has the means to hire people, they can and they get trained on their brands and staffing. And so they can work their own shops. But This sounds so weird too, but like just the advent of the square has really like changed the way that you do retail because you don't need to have like a POS system right. that's super sophisticated. All you need is an internet connection and you can swipe people's credit cards and get their email addresses and it's a really sick system. Like, I don't think this could have existed five years ago. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, that really does. That's, that's how we work too. So everyone has their own POS, own iPad. Um, and so it's, it makes it very easy to shop just from that brand and you'll get everything from that brand. If you go to the next studio shop, you can get everything from that brand. So it's just, it's situated that way. It's like yeah. It's central location. Yeah. We are doing a live podcast. If you guys want to take a seat, you are welcome to join us and listen in. Um, the way this podcast is going to go, it's just a little bit different when we do a live event. So we're going to have two makers that we're going to talk to. We're going to talk to uh, Celestine Perringer. I know I'm not saying her last name. I was close. <laughs> um, she is the one of the owners of Create Laser Arts. And then we're also going to talk to, um, sorry, Jordan, I'm totally blanking on your last name, Jordan Diorio, who has men jewelry. And we're going to do it kind of in two parts. So we will take a break during the middle of the podcast and then we will come back with our second maker 
Uh, Golnez, thanks for having us out here today. Yeah, thank you for coming. Um, when we do Makers of Minnesota, we love to talk to local folks. And one of the things that struck me about Four Post when I was looking at the brochure when I was in here a couple weeks ago is that I have talked to, of, of the 24 makers that are, were here at the holiday time, I have talked to like eight of them. I have talked to Thumbs Cookies, Dearest Baker, Excelsior Candle Company, Cuddle Mutt, Namakin Furs, Essence One, Hagen and Oats. So uh, the makers that I talked to today, that makes, I think, 10 makers. So I've talked to almost half of the people in the stores here. One of the neat things about makers is when you get to know them, they really are so passionate about their business and they're also passionate about what they make. But in addition to that, like helping others. So this concept really spoke to me because it is a very natural, integrative way for other brands to help each other. So it's super fun to be here. Celestine, uh, I don't know why your name is hard, but it is. Celestine. It's hard for everybody. Peringer. <laughs> Peringer. Peringer. Okay. I was so close. So close. Um, you and I met uh, a couple years, years ago. ago. Yes. Yeah. You have Create Laser Arts. Mm-hmm. And I'm dying to talk to you because I feel like how were you an artist before you got the woodworking machine? Because you got a laser cutter. Yes. I actually went to school for metal casting and sculpture. You did. And ironically, I vowed never to work with computers. But now I work with computers quite intimately every day. Yeah, so funny. So did you see a laser cutter and just think, wow, that's cool. And I can do something I with started, that technology. Yeah. I started working with one of the machines we had at the art department at the U of M and became, apparently, I don't mean to interrupt, but apparently there is like awesome, cool machinery at the university of Minnesota art department. Yes. Like, in any discipline, they're just rife with all this cool technology and cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. we were lucky to have a few uh, faculty members who uh, were really into this technology and worked really hard to get grants to bring it yeah. into the student body. So you were there, you were a student. Yep. Tell me about what you first saw being made on this cutter and why it appealed to you. Um, I think the first thing I made on it was a wood printmaking block. Um, I wanted to translate some of my line drawings uh-huh. into blocks to uh, make prints off of. And the lines were so delicate that I knew I couldn't carve them. Yep. So the machine allowed me to basically translate them into prints um, without spending 300 hours carving this really intricate board. When you were in college, did you have a sense of, like, I'm going to be a maker and this is going to be my business? I did. Um, you just, you did. Yeah, I've always been a creative person, and both my parents really kind of nurtured that in myself and yep. my brother. Um, and my dad and his whole side of the family are all entrepreneurs themselves. Interesting. So Usually, it, I kind of grew up with yeah. that as like the path I wanted. I always wanted to be my own boss. Did and, he own his own business? Yep. Yeah. Yep. My whole life growing up, and his brothers did as well. So. Um, it wasn't a foreign notion for me to kind of seek that out. Right. And, um, it, it, I never expected to work with lasers every day. That sure. just kind of came to be when I became obsessed with the machines uh, towards the end of my schooling. And So you're getting done with school. Mm-hmm. You're obsessed with these machines. Mm-hmm. Like, how much does a machine cost? 
Uh, de- depends on if you buy it new or used. Okay. Um, also depends on where you buy it from. Sure. So the machines we use are really, really well-made machines. They're made in Arizona um, by Universal Laser Systems, and they've been making lasers for decades and decades. So, Did you buy a machine right away, or did you use someone else's when you got started? We bought a machine. We bought a wow. 1998 laser um so it's vintage yeah (laughs) and um started started with that and it's this little machine and we did all different kinds of things on it um now that i have a second machine that's twice as powerful and twice as big i cannot believe how much i did on that first machine do you still use the first machine yes yeah yes so you're in business there's three of you currently there's ann sunier mark Kniran? Kniran. Yeah. And yourself? Myself. And I have two fabulous team members. Uh, Shelby Richardson is phenomenally helpful and a brilliant mind. And then Christopher Nolt is another amazing person. So when you started out, how much money did you have to put into, like, getting this machine? Um, it was about ten grand. Okay. So that yeah. doesn't seem too prohibitive. Not to bad at all started. for, yeah. And were you doing it in your garage, or did you rent a in, space? In Mark and Anne's garage, okay. yes, which Mark and Anne are both artists themselves, and he built it as an artist studio, so it was kind of a luxurious space yeah. to start Sounds out. sounds cool. So yeah. right away, what were you making, and were you selling products right away? Um, no, right away we started the whole kind of push or incentive to get our own machine, aside from the fact that I love making all different kinds of things with it, um, was to give artists access um, to this tool and to facilitate their projects. Because we started almost seven years ago and there were not, there was one other laser company in town that didn't take contracts under $50,000. So there were a lot of people looking to use this tool and explore the possibilities without any way to have access to it. So so originally it was more like a co-op that you were going to provide. Only I didn't want anybody else to run the machine. <laughs> <laughs> I would help them. <laughs> so that's funny. So yes. what you thought was your original business plan morphed and evolved over time into yes. something else. Yes. We still do a lot of artist projects and that's one of my favorite categories of kind of custom work that I do. Um, do you do the projects though or do you let them do it now? I still I run the machines. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> it's one of my specialties and I'm, I'm happy to share the knowledge. I actually had a, a company in uh, yesterday and I did a three-hour training with them because they just bought a machine. Right. So um, it's really expanded into all different kinds of areas. Well, and let's talk about that because you have uh, jewelry that you make out yes. of wood. You make uh, garden plaques, coasters, ornaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I we noticed, make a variety of home goods. Yeah, I noticed some more. I, I don't Is plastic the right word? Um, um, acrylic. Acrylic. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I noticed that there were some items that I hadn't noticed before. Uh, yes. Leather, too. Yep. And yep. then paper. Mm-hmm. So what are your, like, best-selling products oh. at Four Posts? Since we're um, well, with the holiday season, ornaments 
for sure. We yeah. sell a ton of ornaments, and those we do sell all year round because they're they're great mementos and kind of tokens kind of, of a, love. Under ten dollars, usually yeah. something you can get for someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we sell a lot of coasters and a lot of earrings. The little bowls are great for salt sellers or jewelry. Yeah, same with I the little boxes. I used one on the Jason show yesterday, and he made fun of me. <laughs> he was like, "What is this?" I'm like, "A salt seller." Come on. So it's it's kind of uh, hard to narrow it down because everybody likes something a little different, and everybody needs a little. Um, something a little different for what they're looking for or who when they're going to give a gift to. When you and started out, um, I met you at a farmer's market. Mm-hmm. So is that where you started? You were going to different farmer's markets? Yeah, the first farmer's market we did was the Midtown Farmer's Market yep. uh, across from the Y on Lake Street. And that was when um, we first started kind of collaborating, Mark Ann and I, to make different things that were functional yet kind of tied together all of our backgrounds with different material expertises. Were the materials cheap to start? Like how much, okay, so you've got your $10,000 machine. (laughs) Like how much did you have to invest in materials or inventory before we, you like, went to your first market? We are very uh, scrap savvy. Yeah. Um, so it started out with kind of all reclaimed materials and both as artists living on a budget yeah. and um people who are conscious of how much material waste there is in the world we've kind of continued that um that vision so we try to use as much reclaimed material as possible um because there's you know there's always somebody remodeling their house or tearing something down and there's perfectly good wood and other materials in there that just need a little love and attention to turn into something new that somebody will treasure for a long time. Do you still do markets or is it really the focus on retail now? And tell me, like, what does Four Post mean to you as a brand and as having this opportunity to come and have a store in the Mall of America? It's a pretty wild experience. Yeah, tell me Um, The Mall of America is huge, as we all know. And for a very, very micro business such as mine to have the opportunity to be exposed to the audience here is is phenomenal um it's been amazing working with some of my favorite other local makers and having that kind of community here in the retail setting and trying to do this on my own i would be absolutely terrified with how many different things i'd have to figure out well and and i was talking to one of the other makers a while ago and she had like ten thousand dollars in inventory that she had to put up to be able to come here and have enough yeah was that a hardship for you to get enough things made and to have enough inventory we can i can i curse yeah we've been working our asses off since uh the summertime to try to get everything ready and And did you run out of anything or we did we did and i think since uh one of my neighbors is beer dabbler our uh dear santa please bring beer ornaments we sold out of a couple times which is fantastic that is fantastic um so yeah there's a there's a few things that people who shop at the mall have really responded to and it's it's been awesome getting to know the clientele here and and each person is a little bit different in four posts so Mm -hmm. there's the one there's a pop-up or Mm -hmm. there's a three month six month or 12 month lease did you decide what lease you're gonna have we are on the three-month contract okay yeah so you will be leaving here shortly i'm assuming yes we only have a couple weeks left yeah and then where do you go after that will you continue back at the markets will you go back to your studio and regroup we do a few markets throughout the summertime and our big 
um, the big thing we look forward to is the state fair. We have a booth at the state fair in the grandstand. When did you open at the state fair? Was last year your first year? Last year was our first year having our own booth. Yeah. We were there two years ago with American Craftsman, who's another local maker, um, who was kind enough to share some of his the space state with fair us. The state fair has really done a great job. And I think a lot of this has to do with just like Mitch, who started the four post concept mm-hmm. here. And just the emphasis on local makers. The State Fair has done a good job of bringing in more local people yeah. in the grandstand. Yeah, that's been an exciting shift. Was that shift. a big moneymaker? It was great. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm very excited for this yeah, year. Yeah, I haven't met any maker, and I've talked to probably five that have been there that didn't make money. So yep. that seems like a good money-making venture if you can get in. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> what is the hardest part about being at the mall? Um, that is a good question. I think coming into it, not having mall experience, I didn't know what people were going to respond to, so I did the full spread. Yep. Um, So now, if I do it again, I have... I have a good gauge of what people responded to and what I would make more of in the future. And how do you grow like your personal brand is currently what you guys doing. You have three people living off of what you're putting together as you grow. What do you like feel like is the next step for you? Um, this year I'm, I'm, getting a little wild. I'm going to make some really fun stuff that I've had kind of on the back burner as I've grown the business in in some various other ways. And can you say what's coming up? Yes. Oh, I just keep, keep an eye on us. We're going to make some really fun stuff. Okay. You're not going to say, I'm not going to, it's a teaser. (laughs) It's a teaser. You're going to have to stay tuned. We will stay tuned. Um, when you look at other businesses that are in four post, are mm-hmm. there any that you really feel like people need to know about that maybe they don't? I think everybody, if, if they haven't heard about all of these businesses here, they really need to get in here soon. Yes, they do. <laughs> everybody's a phenomenal, um, everybody that I know needs to know about this place and these people involved because they're all amazing makers. Everybody's a little business working their asses off to to bring these really unique things to the world. And can I ask you about your marketing a little bit? First of all, I want to just paint the picture of who you are a little bit because you're, (laughs) I hope you're kind of a hippie chick. (laughs) You've got uh, thrifted clothes on. You always have a really unique sense of style that incorporates (laughs) what you make. I have an excessive love of clothing. Yeah, and you're wearing like this really interesting kind of um, Scooby-Doo furry vest (laughs) that's long and looks like a little... I think it was a lining to yeah, a of a coat. coat. Yeah, it, but it's mink, and the the panels of it still have the original yeah, stamps from the really tannery. Cool it's perfect if it's below zero outside. Yeah, it looks warm. Yes. Um. So, like, how does that does that play into your marketing? And how do you like? I'm assuming you're visually marketing with Instagram. Yeah. And tell yeah. me about that. How did you learn how to do that? And um, I've, I've always just enjoyed Instagram as a platform cause I'm a very visual person. Um, so taking photos of things just seemed like a, a great avenue and for our products, a visual exposure is, is 
do kind people of the buy marriage. right off of Instagram now? Because don't they have that, shop buttons? They do. And that is something that I actually have a meeting on Friday to start setting up. So okay. I, um, I'm i not yet doing that, but that's one of my marketing that. plans this year. And do you notice a difference in static photos versus stories? Because I just read something recently about how the question was, is the Instagram feed dead? <laughs> Are they killing it with stories? I still miss the days of the chronological feed. Yes. <laughs> you are an I'm, artist I'm at all, heart. Yeah, yep. I want them to go back to that so I know what where I where I left off. Um, I, I think it's a balance. I think that uh, stories are a great addition, um, but again, they're temporary. Mm-hmm. So unless you save them um, or repost it as a video or something, anybody who comes to your page that has missed that doesn't get to see that content. So, And is Facebook important to you? Oof, it probably should be more important than I give it uh, it's the attention I give it. <laughs> what you're saying, you know, here we are, you're this visual person, mm-hmm. you understand this visual medium, yet you started your business mm-hmm. and you're trying to run your business and pay your bills. Um, that you're not an expert in all these things is real natural, but yep. it's also really like I'm surprised how many marketers I talk to that you all know that it's really important, but you don't get to it or it's yeah. not regular. Yeah. And I, I get it. It's, it's challenging. Yeah. Uh, what is the hardest part of your business? Oh, um, wearing so many hats. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not probably good at bookkeeping and I'm just making a gross generalization <laughs> here, but I'm, I'm not as diligent as I should be with yeah. that, but that's another thing we're doing. We have a new bookkeeper on our team. Oh, so nice. learning, learning to delegate learning is a big, what, a big deal. Yeah. A, because yeah. people don't, small businesses you don't make a lot of money at first Mm -hmm. you probably don't pay yourself and then Mm -hmm. you start to pay yourself and then if you hire other people then you're not paying yourself Mm -hmm. so there's a real balance how did you know when it was time to hire people on and to grow and to stop trying to do the things you weren't good at um there's so you know we're almost seven and running the marathon for six years is it's a long marathon yeah Um, so at some point you just kind of have to pull the trigger and and go for it and see what you can do and see how it helps you grow and you can't do everything yourself forever um so that that was a big lesson for me to learn and and it's exhausting it is exhausting and I love I love collaborating I love my team members and um, I love being able to rely on them and to share and grow new ideas. And um, it's it's impossible to continue to grow a business by yourself. Yeah. And um, Celestine, I am looking forward to what your next big thing is. It's going to be fun. I have a feeling it will be. Thank you for spending time with me. It's always really good to see you. You have such a fun it's energy and your products are really you. sweet. Thank you for having yeah, us. You just have cool products and you're really thoughtful about your marketplace. I think your price point is right on. I'm a big fan. Thank you so much. All right. We are out at the Mall of America. We are at Four Post on a live podcast for this episode of Makers of Minnesota. So many of these makers out here are just blood, sweat, and tears every day bringing you cool products. Um, the maker community has been really supportive out here. Um, we've talked to, like I said, eight makers that have been here and it's just a really fun store. So check it out. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Four Post at the Mall of America for having me. Looking forward to being out here again. 
Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and I am here with Four Post, and we are at the Mall of America. We are on level two. Four Post is a retail concept that brings people and brands together through community and experiences. What the company does is they democratize the traditional department store experience, and they instead work for local, emerging, and digitally native brands. And they leverage the community, the technology to provide the brands with tools and resources to expand their business. So if you're someone that is an emerging maker and you're interested in thinking about a retail environment, they've got different packages that they can put together for you. If you're interested in popping up just to see, hey, would my product sell in a retail environment? Fourpost is something that you should explore. You can find more information about their models at fourpost.com. And check it out. It is a really new and emerging way for brands to collectively do business together, to support each other, and to learn about how to make their brands great. At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. An F-16 pilot having hydraulic problems with his aircraft managed to parachute to safety as the plane smashed into a warehouse east of Los Angeles. Fire Captain Fernando Herrera. That pilot landed in the uh, March Air Force Base area. In the base itself. Amazingly, there were no serious injuries after the plane hit the building. Alabama executed a man last night for his role in killing four people after an argument over a pickup truck. Tennessee executed a man who killed his wife. Reporters couldn't see the execution, but AP correspondent Travis Lawler says... We could hear sounds, uh, including a singing that uh, uh, Mr. Johnson's attorney says was him singing a hymn. Answering a reporter's question, President Trump said he hopes the U.S. is not on a path to war with Iran. Mr. Trump has dismissed suggestions that any of his advisors are trying to push him into a conflict. I'm Rita Foley.